Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your host, Prince, also known as Head Knights. Alongside me, we got David. Hello. Oh, also known as Nightly. And Freddie is here. Hey. All whoa. of them are here. We're all here, What's finally. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been six weeks. That's crazy. In total, where you two have not been in the same room together. God, I hate him. <laughs> Just kidding. We have a falling out. We're back together now. It's cool. Also known as Nighty Night. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over on patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's night with a woo. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks at all, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, keeping things going, almost done with this month. This month has been a blast. This is Hispanic Heritage Horror Month. Woo-woo. So excited. This is this month has been a lot of fun. We watched some really good films. See, it's been a blast. It's been a blast. I'm very pleased with the films we watched this month. Me too. Yeah, buddy. There you go. Mm. Just like we prefaced in the first episode, all of this will be in Spanish. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. But <laughs> the movie that we are talking about today is kind of in a way a little bit of a sleeper hit. The platform. First and foremost, gentlemen, thoughts? I think... Both, both. This is not your first time. Not my first time. Oh, okay, so you you you've watched yeah. it before, right? Oh, many of times. Okay, yes. <laughs> I think this is the most fascinating and powerful, if not one of the most powerful films we watched on this podcast. Ooh, wow! Yeah, and more I, powerful I, than uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Yes. Wow. I think this. Huh. Man, I think this more film, powerful than Get Out. Oh, I mean, hey, we had that on the list. <laughs> You're right. I said one of. Okay, fair it's enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's up there. I said up one there. of deliberately. Yeah. Um, man, I don't even think I am capable of fully articulating my full thoughts and feelings when it comes to this film in one episode. It has as many layers as the movie. I mean, the film has floors. Oh, um, wow. It goes so deep. I think it um, deep. speaks so much on a social economic level of like class and just what it means to compare different classes and what it means to be human. And it's, it's, I can't wait for us to get into it because I don't want to share many thoughts in the forefront because I feel like it'll be rambling. But uh, I think this has such a deep message and I can't wait for us to like unravel it because I feel like it was so much that I can't even like cohesively like, speak on it on it all at once i this is i think the only film we watched where i felt like i wish i wrote my thoughts down oh wow while i was watching it yeah and i don't do that i watched the and he still didn't do that yeah, <laughs> he I, just thought it about was it. too late <laughs> uh, yeah it's there's a lot here and um i think it can i mean i think there's obviously there's like some religious story correlation here that oh yeah um, can be picked up very easily but i think it, it dante's inferno baby it, that's the first thing that pops into my head when i first watched it, this movie it correlates to a lot that's going on in the world even today and it, it could be pinpointed to any 
any time in history um, or even in the future. So I can't wait to dive in. I agree. Or get on the zeroth floor and escape. I mean, yeah. Um, Maharad had the right idea. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Freddie? Um, yeah, so this is my second time watch. Okay. I've only watched it one time prior when it first came out on Netflix. And kind of like you said, it was definitely a sleeper hit. I love this movie. It, it's such a very fascinating, like, I guess, movie to like kind of dive deep into and just like kind of pick it apart, which I'm really excited to have this discussion with you guys to see your guys' perspectives on it. I mean, there is definitely the surface level stuff of being like, yeah, the different types of classes there are and kind of like the whole hierarchy is that too. And then like the religious aspects of everything, very symbolic. Um, you can say I'm going to make a lot of puns in this. I'm sorry. There's a lot of layers to this. There's a lot of <laughs> like, you know, floors. There's a lot of ups and downs. Okay. You know? <laughs> okay. But, hey, we'll get them all out now. <laughs> uh, what else? I wrote a list. Oh, wow. <laughs> but the thing about this movie is that there's so much to take in as a viewer. You're just constantly fed more and more. I guess that's another pun. I, that was not intentional. <laughs> but it leaves you hungry for more, you know? You're starving. That one's intentional. Yeah, that was intentional. <laughs> but as a viewer, it's like, this is something that's very unique. Yeah. But it is also something you've seen before as well to some aspect. So um, it's a unique unique way of telling a very similar story. Right. Or so, a familiar story, I would say. Exactly. And someone even said it in multiple, actually, when I was like researching this movie and seeing that other people's per- perspectives so I can get as much knowledge as possible, they called this like the vertical snow piercer. And I was like... Yeah, that kind of makes sense. True. And that's a very yeah. move, big movie about class and stuff like that as well. But yeah, I'm just excited to dive deep into it. Yeah, I mean, th- th- honestly, I agree with both of you where it is very much kind of like a vertical snow piercer for sure. But I mean, honestly, these particular types of movies and shows with dealings of class is is hot right now. Like Squid Game, for perfect example, like yeah. a, another show that just deals with class and Parasite, Parasite yeah. and Snowpiercer and this, the platform. So like it's it's a re- this is a really important topic that I feel like if multiple different types of countries are doing this, and I only named two technically where it was Spain and uh, Korea, but with this, the fact that this is such a globally experienced thing class Mm -hmm. it's so much more easy for us to digest because we understand it Mm. we understand where these people are coming from and we understand um and some of us may have even been in their shoes so it's like i mean hopefully not in the status that they're in currently but uh, some people have you know some uh, i've picture prison to be quite similar to this like mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure it's dog eat dog mm-hmm. in type of that situation and i'm pretty sure class matters in there as well um, mm-hmm. there's other politics that go inside of the prison um environment as well so i feel like this is a, a very interesting movie to devote so much passion behind the topic of class and capitalism and the rich versus the poor because this is kind of that and it, it feels interesting, like how the elegancy of the preparation of all these meals for these inmates. Mm. And it's, it's, 
I don't know. It's it's such an interesting allegory. I think what you brought up that was very interesting was rich versus poor. And even on top of that, you have, I think, just human versus human. I yeah. think inherently this is all instinct and it, right. it reflects on how human beings have always been like since the dawn of time. And even right. as much as we've advanced, we still uh, fall back on those inherent instincts that honestly can be animalistic and uh, incorrect in a lot of ways. But... Th- Clearly, there are those that, and this movie uh, portrays this, that uh, they want to fix the system. They want to make things better. They want to make things fair. But clearly, not everyone's always going to be willing to cooperate, will cooperate, will understand um, the cooperation or choose not to. And there's this movie kind of depressed me a little bit because it kind of reemphasized that, like, we'll never get to that point. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. It's, 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 always going to be doggy dog dog eat dog world um mentality when it comes to human beings because inherently human beings are just greedy yeah (laughs) so and i think this 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 movie is like a piece of heart and uh betraying that so yeah no i agree it 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 definitely does have that layer of of, um animosity Mm -hmm. if you will where it, it it just knows what it's trying to send like the message is pretty clear right off the bat like we get the message with uh i i think it's i think it's trimagasi who's saying the message in the beginning of the movie sounds yeah. like him with a raspy voice but the voiceover. um i love him though like yeah, he's, he, a he's a great character like holy crap he was so believable and he's like are you gonna read me that book now <laughs> <laughs> well let's go ahead and just jump straight into this the platform directed by and excuse me in advance on pronouncing this name galder gastelu uratutia released november 8th in, in 2019 a runtime of one hour and 34 minutes no budget or box office, because this was straight to Netflix. A rating of 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and I know a lot of people who didn't like the ending. I know a, a lot of people were just like, oh, what? They wanted more? They wanted more, I think. I I, uh, I loved the ending. I understand. I understand. The, the choice of the ending. Um, out of selfishness, I would want to see more. But I think for the overall, like, film like the identity I don't know what else you film. can explore yeah exactly like for the identity of the film itself I think it's stronger that it ended the way it did yeah I still would want to see more but I don't think that would be best yeah because I mean well, yeah I mean Same to page. be completely honest <laughs> like the, the what I picture it, you know what I'll say it for them because <laughs> it was fucked up but we open to a man playing the violin inside of a professional f- and fast-paced kitchen the head chef walking around granting acceptance over the food the screen goes black a man speaking quote there are three types of person those at the top those at the bottom and those who fall end quote fade to our protagonist Gordon waking up inside a concrete cell looking across at his cellmate Trimagasi speaking that they are on level 48 Gorin questions the whole Trimagasi agreeing continuing that this is the, this is the start of the month so they need to question what uh so they need to question what are they going to eat I love this right off the bat like you 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 don't know what you're kind of getting into yet mm-hmm. but at the same time it still feels sort of obvious yeah. of what's going to happen. Gorin asks, what are they going to eat? Uh, they will eat people's leftovers. <laughs> Great. 
this is already now off to a fantastic start. Yes. Because uh, Goran's just like, what the fuck? What do you mean? Yeah. Ew. Uh, I remember, <laughs> I mean, I'm get, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but um, I very much felt like this was uh, almost video game mechanic-y, right? Sure. Like, it's like you're put in the situation. Here are the rules presented to you. You will learn the mechanics one by one. Yep. And then the challenge will keep growing from there. Yeah. Use your foundational skills that you were told as a tutorial and uh, survive. Yeah. It's like a strategy game. Totally. Yeah. A survival strategy yeah. game. Yeah. Or just jump off and see what happens. Uh, he wonders who is above them. Trimagasi obvi- um, obviously commenting uh, the people in 47. I love that. Mm-hmm. Avio. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I added really that. good charm to his character. It was great. I love yeah. when he was just like, "Stop using my word." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they, oh, I don't know what I was trying to say in that second there. Um, they look at each other for a moment. Gorn gets out of bed, approaching the hole. It is never ending as he sees other people inside of their lower concrete cells below. Looking up, just seeing the lights on the ceiling and 47 floors above. He tries to introduce himself to Trimagasi, but he tells Gorn to stay on his side of the hole. Dropping his hand, he heads back to his side, asking what, uh, what name did they give him. So I like this because this is kind of where we're getting that they're not using their real names. Mm -hmm. They're giving them kind of these code names of stuff. I wonder why. I don't know. I feel like we never got that, but it's just there for world building, it seems like. And I think that's what it is. Yeah, Yeah. just just there for all world building. Because I was very curious how... Their names were chosen. Well, not just how their names were chosen, but how they knew more than one person. Yeah. When you're supposed to be with the same cellmate for so long. I was very curious off that. I wonder. I mean, I wonder because I think think about how long people can stay there for. We uh we know that Trimagasi, I think, is there for a year. Yes. And, Almost, yeah. And I think you go through your well, I guess you stay with a partner until they leave or Right. Or they die. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. So like cause Trimagasi Seemed like he was only with two people, mm-hmm. his previous partner and Goran. Yeah. yeah. So he's been there for, well, we'll learn about it later on. Yeah. I think 10, Ten months. months. Yeah. Trimagasi yeah. agrees that they should know each other's name since they may be together for quite some time. And I love how Goran is really, truly paying the fucking attention here. Mm-hmm. He's just like, okay, sometime. Got it. We're going to be together for a bit. Um, or not. Nobody knows. And this is just, he's so eerie. I think his name's Zorian in real life. Um, but he's, he's great. I, I just, I love his character. He embodied this role. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> he steals every scene. He, exactly. And I love the fact that he got to stick around as hallucinations. Cause I was so sad to see him go. <laughs> that, yeah. That's portrayed beautifully. And uh, we'll, I'll wait till we talk about it yeah. later on, but I, I love he sticks around. Yeah. I love that his character invokes withheld knowledge that he you can yeah. tell he knows a lot, but he's not sharing everything. Right. To hold an advantage, to hold anything up his sleeve that he may need later on as a precaution. Yeah. And I think that in itself is another little thing that speaks back on class, right? Yeah, absolutely. He shares his name. Gorn asks, what is, what is the reasons for the whole? Uh, Trimagasi uh, uh, comments that it is for eating. Love that. How fucking vague. You're like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> I need more than this. It being easy sometimes, harder others. 
excuse me, depending on where, where you're assigned, them being fortunate for being on their level. Gorn wonders if there are a lot of people below them, but shortly answers his own question. Trimagasi uh, comments that there will be less soon enough. Gorn calls to level 49, Trimagasi cutting him off to not speak with those below them. Once again, establishing that class. Yeah. Right? He is about to shout to the ones above, but he cuts Gorn off again, shouting that they won't answer him because they are above him. Gorn believes he's been he's been there a while um, with his knowledge on, of the place. He has for, for many months repeating the, the, uh, that 48 is a good level, and he should consider himself lucky. Gorn wonders how long they spend on this level, uh, learning that it is exactly for one whole month. And I do like that. I do like that they establish time. Mm-hmm. And we know, and us as an audience know, when they go to a different floor, okay, that's just another month. Because yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I was counting Gorn's months. Yes, how long I was, he was there. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, like on multiple occasions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I love that it's, like I mentioned earlier, this all sets the foundations of the rules. Yeah, absolutely. Then they will see. Trimagasi com- comments that this is making him tired. And I love that. He's like, talking's making me tired. I'm gonna <laughs> When he said that, I was like, I feel that. <laughs> I feel that that's, big that's, time yes. more in my life than ever. Absolutely. <laughs> Sharing all of this information that he knows. Not, not thinking this to be fair, only wanting to give him as much information Goran shares with him. Trimagasi puts his pillow on the ground, kneeling on it. The light on the wall turns green from red with a buzzer sounding. Goran, not understanding, sharing the information with uh, Trimagasi to get, get more understanding. And I love this. He was, he was just like, <laughs> the light turned green. <laughs> yeah, well, give me some info. I need some info now. Like yeah. I told you something, so clever. <laughs> Chibagasi doesn't answer him with a smirk as as a large block that fits perfect between the hole comes down. This looks fucking awesome. It really, it really does. like what? I like, can, I, I want to know the budget. Yes, I I can imagine the time and effort it came to setting it up to make an organized mess. Right, right. Like this is the centerpiece of what the creators wanted you to think of visually when you think of this movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it just invokes so many different yeah. emotions and I'm sure it invokes different types of emotions for people when they see it. Oh, absolutely. And it, the beauty behind this movie is it's so contained. Yes. And the fact that it's so contained, it also for some odd reason still feels extremely large. Like the, the atmosphere still has so much breath mm-hmm. inside right. of it when Every single sector and level looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Nothing's changed. Like there's nothing hung up on the wall or anything like that. There's just a number. That's the difference. But it's the containment in this movie still feels so vast. Yes, definitely. And in the elaborate like concept of bringing the platform down and things like that. And there's no strings. There's no pulley. It's like gravity i don't know Magnets like magnet yeah who, who knows but interesting uh, i never took the time to think about how the platform moves yeah i right. always I, the, I every time i watch it, i was like how is how are they doing that i didn't even question it <laughs> this time i was like i wonder how it works yeah my second time watching the first time i didn't even recognize yeah. it as a oh thing, my god it was, was the like, first thing that kind of cool when i saw it coming down i was like how is that how what <laughs> how does that how are, how are they doing that like like obviously movie magic but like i'm trying to think like <laughs> if magic, it was yes. if it was real like how would you do this yeah. how would you physically do this so, but i don't know um but squid game is another one that i really want to know the budget of because 
everything's so elaborately placed. Right, the set pieces. Yeah, like it's incredible. I I like what you said too because you're talking about like, oh, it feels very contained, but at the same time it's very grand in scale. Yeah. Numbers make a difference. That's true. You see 50, then you see 132, and then you see like level 8. You see these high different amounts of numbers where you're like, this is a giant asshole. Yeah. It's just vertical. Do you guys ever think, did you guys ever think about what it looked like from the outside? <laughs> no. That's what I kept doing. Yeah, no, For I some didn't. reason, I thought of it as a tower. Okay. But I don't I think, think I think so. it's in the ground. I think yeah, it's in the ground for think, sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think literally the restaurant's above. Yeah. And I think they, they make the food like for them because it sounds like the, the food's made every day. Yes. And I don't think it's a restaurant. I, 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 I'll rephrase that. The kitchen yeah. is above. When it makes when it makes it to them, it stops with a huge area of leftover scraps on it. Uh, uh, Trimagasi wastes no time and begins eating off the table just like a fucking madman. He's just like he's like belching and shit when he's drinking and shit. It's, it's gross. Goran doesn't understand, commenting about him eating food uh, that's already been picked and eaten. Trimagasi knows how obvious of a situation it is and uh, and continues stuffing his face. And I love that he's like obviously like. Gordon thinking that this to be disgusting he looks above him a man from 47 looking down at him I wanted to fight him (laughs) like he looked like he wanted to smoke uh, (laughs) it's interesting I I very much thought he would be an important character no you never see him after like after he leaves this floor (laughs) dude I saw a fight today when I was at the grocery store oh my god yeah, this guy like was whipping this dude with something. I don't know. It was like a rubber thing. Sounds kinky. And it felt like it. And then the other guy took it away from him and started whipping him with it. Uh, then he grabbed high. a cart oh. and he threw the cart. Tell me more. But then he tripped. Oh. <laughs> That's when I left. <laughs> <laughs> he does the math of how many people ate before them, calculating 94. You know what I just thought of? There's 333 floors. Six, six, six. Yeah. yeah, there's 666. Six, six. Damn. Yeah, that's interesting. You guys are math I didn't think of it until literally just now. Um, although, actually, that might be wrong. You because think 667 people? Well, the kid was by themselves. So it's 667. Well, hmm, should I say this now? Uh, maybe. Do you think Miharu's one item or one thing she wanted to bring with her was her daughter? Maybe. That could be a thing. So it's an extra person. Right. Which is why I'm thinking 667. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Trimagasi tells him to not worry because there will be there will soon be less people above them asking him if he's going to eat. Gorn comments that he isn't hungry to Magasi knowing that he will be soon. I love that. He's like, you will be. (laughs) Um, Dave would have been like, shit, watch out, bro. Let me get over here, bro. What you eat? <laughs> he asked why there, why there will be fewer people next month. Trimagasi doesn't have a simple answer, not understanding until he was on level eight. He, he's, exci- he's excited to find wine, knowing that there, will, there usually aren't any, any more drinks left by now. He, and I think he even mentions like there's like tita toddlers or something upstairs or tota teetlers um, who are like people who just practice like abstinence for drinking. Um, oh, yeah. I wasn't mm, sure what that was. Yeah. I'm glad you explained. Thank yeah. You. Um, he he asks again if Goran is going to eat. He takes an apple, commenting that he will save this for later while he places it in his pocket. <laughs> and I love this. Timurgasi just stares at him with a sinister smile. The buzzer sounds and the platform um, continues downward. He stands up, drinking the last bit of alcohol and throwing it down, spitting 
on the on them below. Oh man, there's a lot there. Fucking G thing. Yeah. <laughs> Gorn asks, "Why did he do that?" Simply for the people up below. Gorn uh, Gorn wonders if the folks above did that to them. Jimagasi commented that they probably did this while is, lying down in the in their bed. This is huge. This is great because I think we could go back to the conversation class and like uh, social economic status of like this happened to me, so now it's my my turn to be able to do that because no one gave me remorse when I was in the lower right. position, right? So now that I'm up above, I'm just giving what to do, right. right? Right. But it just takes people to look past that and not hold any any grudges and yeah. be able to be a bigger person. But weirdly, this is the default behavior that a lot of people come to when they yeah. come through uh, moving up or down in class and they... They felt like they were mistreated, so they want they don't want anyone to slide. They're like, if I experience that, you should experience that, right? And I think that's a big problem with many different generations. No, no, I, I agree. Completely agree with that. And I think one of the most important things in this movie is the opening line: "There's three types of people: the yeah. people above, the people below, and the people who fall." Yeah. yeah, upper class, middle class, lower class. Yeah, absolutely. Gorn uh, mentions it getting hotter in there. Chimagasi acknowledges, um, mentioning that it will get, it will continue getting hotter until they burn to death. He explains that it is Gorn's fault for keeping the apple and that it belongs to those below. Keeping any food will result in the temperature rising until they burn or dropping until they freeze. Gorn throws the apple down below, catching his breath as the temperature goes back to normal. Cut to Gorn in a, in a shirt and tie, a woman asking him if he understands. He doesn't answer. She asks him again, explaining that once he's inside, he can't get out till the agreed period is completed. He wonders if he's if he's been accepted, but... He hasn't yet. He asks if if his item can be a book. She tells him his item can bring he bring whatever he wants to bring. <sighs> you you did this for a diploma. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so six months. Too. Damn. Maybe we could break it down here, but I'm confused on if this is a prison. If this is just an exchange, um, I think it's transaction. Both. I yeah. Can tell you my perspective on it, and. I feel like this is something about like society and capitalism of like you wanting something or you have a dream and what you would be able to risk it just to get a reward. Oh. It's kind of like empty promises. Yeah, It's like, we'll let you get this prize for X amount of people and we learn why uh, Trimagasi is there too. And- Tiramisu. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, great Italian dish. Um, <laughs> but we kind of learn why he's there and why he wanted to be here instead because it's only like one year as well yeah so i feel like this is like the government or capitalism itself or businesses or whatever delivering these empty promises to kind of take away from the people down below so it could be synonymous to anything you're saying like for example taking out school loans to get a diploma and because you get the diploma you'll earn money back in a career but it's not guaranteed that this is like the shortcut the yeah. empty promises society. Yeah. So it's like, if you do this, we'll reward you with that. Wow. Right. And it's kind of like cutting through it's, the hard work that yeah. is necessary to get what you need to get in life. Absolutely. And I and I, I definitely agree with that because it, it, I see it as you can either do... Okay, here's a perfect example. Holes. Yeah. The movie Holes. Mm. Great movie. It is a great movie. Great book. But literally the same kind of concept where you can either go to this camp and do community service for a lesser sentence or you can go to jail. Yeah. 
And I think that's this kind of same concept here. Like you can either go here and I believe some can volunteer just how you can technically volunteer to go to prison. You can, you can. Yeah. If you can technically volunteer to go to prison in certain States. Wow. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But, um, and actually we've seen it scare straight program. Hmm. Like that, like you, those are programs that parents have literally volunteered their children to go to prison and spend a night in prison and see all of this crazy shit. Yeah. So it's just that I can't believe that was a fucking show. Um, but another one is uh, 60 days in. That's another show where you're volunteering to go to prison. And it's so it's all of these. Th- that is what I pictured it as. Mm-hmm. It's just like this volunteering to kind of go in here to kind of get something in return. But hey, back to him in the cell looking at his book, then back up at the person above him. He wants to share the, the reasons why he's down there. Chimagasi lying on his bed and doesn't understand why. Gorn comments that he wanted to stop smoking and read Don, uh, Don Quixote? Quixote? Quixote, I think. Yeah, Q-U-I-X-O-T-E. Um, Tiramagasi asks if he came there voluntarily. He did. Six months in exchange for an accredited diploma. Tiramagasi uh, gets up questioning that, and he's like kind of laughing too. He's mm-hmm. just like, what? And like, why'd you do that? Yeah. <laughs> just fucking go to school, dude. Um, share that he has to be there for a year. Gorn questions why he's there. Tiramagasi lies back down, speaking to himself. Cut the cut to the lights going out and the buzzer sounding. The room, uh, their room illuminated by the red light on the wall. A underneath them Gorn gets up looking over the hole Chimakasi calmly saying I wouldn't I wouldn't do that if I were you mm-hmm. the platform shoots up with incredible speed above them I love the touch of it's amazing um, oh my god Gorn's uh, shirt like being like lifted up by the wind yeah yeah like you really saw like the ferocity yeah, exactly. behind all of that cut to the buzzer sound the light green and platform at the center of Terramagasi chowing down he asks Gorn if he's going to eat but Gorn uh, still is not going to Terramagasi ca- calling him a waste and that he doesn't deserve to be on this level Gorn asks again why he's there the platform moves down Terramagasi says that he will only if he stops using the word obviously <laughs> Gorn agrees Tiramagasi uh, or Trimagasi because uh, I'm like mixing up Tiramisu now Magasi uh, Trimagasi um, sharing his story of him being home watching an ad about a knife sharpener on TV I fucking love the way he told, he told this story it's so yeah. I love the way it's he told story this story. It, absolutely amazing storyteller. He goes over what the man is saying about the sharpened knives while ta- while taking a, a quick sip of water. He continues his story, not understanding why you need your knife that sharp. But he thought um, his may possibly be shitty because he never sharpened his knives, calling it the little things. Gorn asks if he bought it and sliced someone's throat with it. Tribagasi sits on his bed, explaining that after he bought it, another advertisement came on with the same salesman and the same housewife this one about a self-sharpening knife as it cuts because he couldn't take all the bullshit from the little things he took his tv and threw it out of the window killing an illegal immigrant on a bicycle he was that upset damn i, I think this story is really impactful because it i goes agree back to what freddie had mentioned this, consumerism yeah exactly mm-hmm. and um the way things are advertised to people in a capitalist society is like you buy our product, it'll solve all your problems. 
you'll have everything you want. And it's always advertised in that way, right? Yeah. This is a represent this is the the thing you need for the life you want. Right. And this is the only thing stopping you just buying this. Right. And then Something there's a new version, new right? That, yeah. It's even more impactful and better. And then it's like it becomes, a car. Yeah. Or an iPhone. No, or and an then iPhone, it becomes yeah. uh a social status having right. it, right? Exactly. Um and then there's a whole conversation or the whole Samurai Plus topic of him accidentally killing an immigrant, and I think it's uh, it's so sad because uh, even even how he talks about it, yeah, like it, when he says it, he's just like, "I killed a fucking immigrant." Yeah, like he, it, like he was, it was like this person was nothing. It's sad to hear because he's he mentions he wasn't even supposed to be there, right? Because he's, he's an, an immigrant, immigrant, but he cannot take accountability, right? Right? Mm-hmm. He he blames him. He blames he the immigrant. Blames the immigrant for being an immigrant. And right. That is such a huge problem, and it, yeah. it it shows that instinctual level of like what humans are like, or how they've conditioned to be, been conditioned to be like. That's a whole different conversation. But it's right. just like this is the problem, right? This is the problem with um, how class is structured and how we pit people against others. And um, this movie just does a fantastic job of showing that in in such a quick moment. Absolutely. Gorn asked that they brought him here by for uh, accidentally killing someone. They gave Trimagasi uh, a choice between a psychiatric hospital or the hole, and he chose to come there. Gorn asks how many levels are there. He doesn't know, but he knows that there are more than 132 because he was there. Gorn is shocked to learn that this place is that deep, wondering how much food makes, da- makes it down there. Trimagasi bluntly says none. Gorn finding it impossible to go 30 days without food. Trimagasi claiming that he didn't say that, uh, that he didn't eat, just that there, were no more f- there, there was no more food. He continues his rebuttal that you can, in fact, go 30 days without food, sharing that the problem is not when you get assigned to consecutive low levels. Gorn um, wants to tell the people above, above them to ration their food. Trimagasi stops him asking if he's a communist. <laughs> And I think that's a very important line right there, yeah. right? It is. Yeah. Gorn tries to explain the fairness, but Trimagasi makes it clear that they won't heed to, to his types of views. He chooses to start start down below, calling out to 49, then sc- uh, them screaming back for them to leave more wine next time, calling them bastards. Trimagasi gets up, cussing them out, peeing on them, explaining that the people below are below them. That's so fucked up. Holy shit, that hits hard. Yeah. That yeah. hits hard. I think this one is self-explanatory. Oh, yeah. Gorn reminding him that they might be, uh, they might be above them next month. He understands, realizing that they might pee on them as well. <laughs> they go back to their beds. Gorn, Gorn showing his item uh, to be a book, asking what did he bring. Trimagasi claims... Uh, claims um, oh, excuse me. Trimagasi claims that he brought uh, the self-sharpening knife. Obviously. <laughs> Obvio. Obvio. Is great. Cut to dinner time. Trimagasi stuffing his face and Goran sitting on a pillow to join him. He takes a bite of the of the food slowly as he watches Trimagasi. Afterwards, Goran is reading his book while stretching. Trimagasi uh, carving into the stone with his knife. Uh, he asks Trimagasi uh, if he could if if he gets tired of doing that, but he thinks it to be incredible how it just continues to sharpen every single time. <laughs> Someone falls into the hole, hitting the floor before continuing down the endless pit, blood spritzing on Goran's face, startling him. Holy shit, yes. Wow. Yeah. You're really seeing the horror right now. Yeah. Like before, you were just like, whoa. 
Yeah, I'm <laughs> learning about the entire place yeah. and like what David was saying, all the rules of survival and how you have to play oh. the game, quote unquote. But now you're seeing the stakes at large. It's like, oh, yeah. you've been to floor 132. You said there was no food, but you ate. And now I see that you have a knife. And now I see someone above me just falling down. Yeah. He now knows that this is this dangerous. is real. Yeah. Right. This is this is a dangerous place. Like they will they will let me die here. That's yeah. a great way to put it because um it becomes realistic, right? Because I think there's a huge play on um ter- uh Trimagasi, I'm gonna say Tiramisu. Trimagasi <laughs> being a, a lot older, right? Because when you have someone younger like Garang, um, he, you have, I'm sure we've all experienced older generation saying some offhand shit sometimes, oh, right? Oh, fuck yeah. And then God. you think to yourself like, fuck, they're just old, man. They come from a different time and they've been conditioned to think a certain way. Yeah. And you hear all this bullshit they say, right? Um, and you kind of just... Some people just have to live with it, especially when it's family or something like that. I live with my grandma. She was born in 1935. (laughs) And it's at this point when you kind of see like everyone is focused in one location where they it's insinuated that everyone here is probably thinking similarly because, um, I mean... Shermagazi makes everything seem so normal. Like this is just how it is, right? Yeah. But once you see that moment, and I think this is more so for the audience as uh, as as well as our protagonist, it's like someone commits suicide and that impact of like that body hitting the floor. It's or they like, were pushed. Or that. Um, you see the results of this behavior and the consequences that it yeah. has and are people thinking in the way that like Shermagazi is presenting. So yeah. um, it, it shows the the results of what could happen if, you know, uh, the mob mentality of that thinking comes about. Absolutely. He looks into the hole, asking if that was a person. Chimagasi commenting, obviously, <laughs> um, hoping that it wasn't a, a, a Tita Totaler because they are low on wine. He, <laughs> fuck, God. He's always had this mindset, though. Like, you could That's tell right, he's yeah. always had this fucking mindset. He's an older cat. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. He continues while approaching Gorin that you can eat whatever you want when you're higher up. But you've got nothing to look forward to, and all you do is think a lot. They look down, seeing people perched on, perched or sitting on the edge of the hole, looking down, um, looking down then up at them. Gorn's, Gorn shouts if anyone is going to do anything. Nobody answers. Just 47, looking down at him. <laughs> Trimagasi um, telling him to pray that they keep that they keep them on the m- middle levels, thinking he would be one to jump with his lack of guts. Gorn is going going up to him, asking what is what is what does he mean by that? Trimagasi taps his face with a knife. <laughs> I feel like that was a double meeting for sure. Yeah, like yeah, I feel like I feel like it was just like you know what I mean, and also back the fuck up, <laughs> like. <laughs> He looks in the mirror, frantically scrubbing the blood off his face. Um, Trimagasi asks ask for him to read him, read him uh, his book because he can't sleep and he misses his TV. Gorn ignores this, asking what levels ha- has he been on. Trimagasi shares that he first woke up on 72, then 26, 78, 43, 11, 79, 32, 8, and last month he was in 132. Now he's on 48. Gorn asks... Um, 
So if we're counting, everybody has 10 months. Um, Goran asks, who was he with? Gathering that they, they must have, they must wake up with the same person. Tripagasi doesn't understand why he would think that. Goran reminding him that he told him that they will be together next month, asking the question again. Tripagasi is quiet. Goran commenting that it doesn't matter because he has a self-sharpening knife and he was on a floor that doesn't get any food with a cellmate that just miraculously disappeared. Concluding that he doesn't look like he went a month without food. The buzzer sounds, but Gorn doesn't make anything of it and continues speaking, calling the conclusions obvious. Trimagasi uh, reminding him that he promised not to use that word again. Fucking love him. And he's like, you, you promised. Like, right. <laughs> but Gorn knows that he ate his previous cellmate. Trimagasi looks behind him on the lowering platform. He sits his pillow to start eating, but there is a woman sitting in the middle of the platform. Gorn inspects her. Trimagasi tells him not to worry about her while he continues to eat around her. Amazing. Gorn asks if she's injured. He tells him not nothing serious, asking for confirmation for, uh, from the woman, uh, Maharu. Trying to touch her, Maharu snatches her, snatches, um, or she, I guess she just like snatches her hand back pretty much. Um, back from Gorin, bending down, he asks Trimagasi if he knows her, but he tells her, he tells him that she comes down every month looking for her son. Gorn wonders if if there are children in the hole. Trimagasi just shrugs and continues stuffing his face. He's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I only seen two people. <laughs> he tries to calmly get uh, get her to trust him as he reaches for her again. Trimagasi mocking him for wanting to possibly keep her for a couple of days, but he wants to help her. Trimagasi claims that he's the one helping her, explaining that everyone is free to decide what they want to do inside there. She wants to go down, sharing that she killed her cellmate before coming down on the platform. I totally think her cellmate was the one who who fell. Yeah, oh, I that's think, a good call out. Yeah, yeah, I put that together as well when I watched it. Yeah, I totally feel like that was the one that fell. <laughs> Changing to be, uh, be with her son, or, or chancing to be with her son the following month. Him not being surprised if that w- was her cellmate that they saw earlier. Back to what they're previously talking about, Trimagasi lets him know that he didn't in fact kill his cellmate. He just completed his time inside the hole. And after eight days, a body fell down into into their cell. They chose to eat the person, but they didn't kill anyone. Buzzer sounds. The platform continues down, Gorna looking at, a, at, at the woman as she descends. I'm like, eating someone that isn't cooked, you know how much like disease yeah oh you for are sure. just i don't think i could ever do it i don't i don't think no i, I don't think you would I, I don't think any of us could be able to like stomach some shit like that I even mean, if we had to we humans used to a long 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 time ago right i mean it's like the donner party they did that's it. true too yeah that's why we have canines that's that's true so 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 we can just gnaw on some fucking Raw shit meat. Uh, I hate that sound. Uh, I hate it. I mean, it's, it's, they say. I don't know how true this is. I've if, never tried, but I don't they know if say. Listeners will be able to hear really quick. But oh yeah, because I was like, I hate that sound. But you, uh, what's oh, it I clank my teeth. You clank your teeth. That's what yeah. Well, oh, that thing, that noise will just make me go to the ground. That's fair. That's fair. It, it's a very gross noise. It's not gross. It's just no. It, it's pretty it, gross to me. It, really? Yeah. Like, I don't find it gross. It just it. It's like. I, I think it just irks me too. Like it it's just, a nerve. Yeah, so like yeah. Like nails on the chalkboard. That yeah, bother me. Kind of like that. 
It what it bothers me is like styrofoam. <laughs> I, oh, I, I heard that. I hate. Oh, yeah, when yeah, someone yeah. takes out styrofoam, I like want to punch something. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hated the previous job we all shared. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Oh, every time it would happen, I would just leave. Oh man. Oh my God. Uh, the, oh, <laughs> that's how I feel when you clink your yeah. teeth. Uh, <laughs> the men on 49 grab the woman off the table. She screams, Goran screaming for them to let her go, Trimagasi telling telling him not to meddle, and they will only keep her for a few days, asking for him to read his book to him again tonight. That was a funny it's line, and it really helped, because this was oh, horrifying. It me. was so I, scary. When stuff like that happens, I like get very close to turning off the movie. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah. I am so relieved. To see that she just fucking kills him. Yeah, yeah, and that she does. So badass. Gorn uh, pushes him out of the way, shouting again, Trimagasi encouraging him uh, to jump down there and save her. He's like, Undelay, like, <laughs> hey, it's only a few meters He's down. just a few meters down. Oh, Go ahead and save her. Um, they're quiet when they when they hear the screaming of the two men and, Mah- and Maharu returning on the table with blood on her face, looking up at them. Gorn asks him, uh, What chapter does he want him to read? Chapter one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> he's, re- he's reading the pa- uh, passage from the book, quote, somewhere in La, in La Mansa, in a place uh, whose name I do not care to remember, a gentleman lived not long ago, one of those who has a lance, an old shield, a nag, and a racing dog, end quote. No idea if that means anything, but... It's in there. Uh, montage montage time to them grooming, eating, sleeping, washing their clothes, and enjoying each other's company and shit. While they while the platform is on its is on its way back up, they are in bed uh, when Chimagasi asks if he believes in God. Gorn looks over to him asking why. Chimagasi asks him to pray for them if he does, asking if he smells the gas. And in a moment, they will fall asleep. When they wake up tomorrow, they will be on another level. <clears throat> Excuse me. Continuing that he's fond of him, but he doesn't think he will survive for long, and he has a good heart. Next month is Trimagasi's second to last month, mocking Goran's reasons for obtaining an accredited diploma, and that he should have uh, one as well once he gets out. And I like how he says, he's like, I should have two by now. Yeah, it's <laughs> Goran asks if he believes in God. Um, Trimagasi answers um, that this month he does. Fatagorn waking up, bound and gagged to his bed, he screams and cries. Trimagasi approaches him with his knife, commenting that he was he sleeps very soundly. Gorn continues screaming, flinching as Trimagasi tries to calm him down. He looks at the wall, showing him that they are on level one hundred and seven on the one hundred and seventy first level. Shit, that sucks. Yeah, calling this a bad place. Adding that Gorn is younger and stronger than he is, knowing that Gorn wouldn't attack him right away, but as time passes, he will look at him differently, hunger unleashing madmen inside of them all, commenting that this is be- um, it is better to eat than be eaten. He tries to assure Gorn over his cries that he doesn't want to kill him, but his flesh will soon rot and they will have nothing to eat at all. Whoa. Super dark. Whoa. Continuing that he will not mutilate him right away and that uh, the first week he will fast. Gorn screams. Trimagasi calmly asks if he's ever eaten snails or escargot. And the the prep prep time being seven to ten days so he doesn't have to be scared. I thought that was interesting. I thought it was very interesting too because we later learn that that he requests escargot. Yeah. So... I, I don't. There's I don't, some type of symbolism to it, which I don't really get. Still, well, I mean, the prep time 
I assume is the symbolism. Yeah. Um, but how I, does he, how, I don't know how correlation. He, it's right. Like, right. It's almost it's, like it's it has fate. to be more meaningful. I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because he starts calling him his little snail, and right. and and Gorn's the only one who ordered escargot. Yeah. Have you guys ever had that? Yeah, I have. No. It's actually really good. It is really good, but it has to be pretty buttery. <laughs> It has to be very buttery, yeah. and it has to have a lot of garlic. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> it is. It's chewy. It is. It's good. You though. just slurp it. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's Out like clams. Shelf. Yeah, Stop it's like it. clams yeah. or oysters. Clams are worse. Clams are gross. Yeah. I hate clams. Um, allergic. Oh, lucky you. What did you say? I'm allergic to seafood. So. Oh yeah, that's right. You're oh, from, but oh, you're allergic to crustaceans, clams. though, right? Not fish. He doesn't run. I'm just allergic to the sea. (laughs) Ariel and me, we don't get along. People above them are screaming Tribugasi and knowing that these people are finally waking up and discovering what level they're on. Two people come flying down the hole, screaming as they pass them by. He removes the gag from Gorn. He tries to tell Tribugasi that he doesn't have to do this, but Tribugasi knows that their friendship will soon deteriorate, it ending in a mutual mistrust, ultimately leading to conflict and crime. Knowing. uh, acknowledging that he's felt it, Gorn calling him a murderer. Trimagasi comments that he he's he's someone who's frightened and that he doesn't enjoy this, giving Gorn the pet name Little Snail. Gorn exclaims that he isn't a fucking snail, but it but um it allows Trimagasi to associate him as one to make it easier. And I think that's what the symbolism is. Yeah, I think he's saying like it takes prep time for it, and he doesn't want his body to rot. So I think you just like use that as like, I'm going to wait seven to 10 days before I start carving you like a snail. <laughs> Pretty much. I think this is big too, because it, it really has Trimagasi showing that the blame is on the situation and the higher ups that yes. control the system. Like he can, again, just like he didn't blame himself for accidentally killing someone. He is quick to blame others and he's just sure. doing what he needs to do because of the situation he's in. And that's quite literally what so many people use in, as an excuse for their actions when it comes to survival or moving up through class, right? You, yeah. you When you think of someone that's moved up uh, significantly through different classes to get on higher levels, you tend to think like, man, how cutthroat were they? How many people did they backstab? Like they needed to do what it, they needed to do. Um, and again, this is just showing that. Right. Absolutely. The buzzer sounds. The platform comes down. No more scraps of food. After Trimagasi shows him that there isn't any more food, he goes back over to Gorn, reminding him that he's the one tied down and that he brought a book while Trimagasi brought his knife, commenting that he's in no place to make demands and he, he better cooperate since he's the one who can offer him life. Gorn rebuttals that he can't mutilate someone without killing them. Trimagasi promises that he will try his best. <laughs> and after eight days, he will start cutting off little strips of his flesh but try to treat his wounds after he's done, offering a piece of him to share. Fuck! Gorn mentions that um, about him accidentally killing someone, but he will he will he will be solely responsible for killing him. These tactics aren't working on Trimagasi, however, blaming the people above them. Gorn trying to convince convince him that they that uh, they can survive on just water, but Trimagasi doesn't believe he will uh, he will since he's old, reminding him that, um, that his last month is next. And what if they are sent to an even lower level? I mean, he has a point. <laughs> Asking if he gets if he gets it and if he will read him more from his book. Gorn answers, obviously not. 
to both questions. Another montage of Gorn screaming in uh, Trimagasi, reading, grooming himself, checking and dancing on the platform of no food, and seeing that Gorn has completely soiled and defecated himself. And he's like, ooh. Yeah. Nasty. He's like, that's my food. He's like, oh, bro, come on, bro. <laughs> Jumagasi finally comes up to Gorn that it is time to take a message from our sponsors. And we're back. Because instead, he's like trying to read, but he can't. And his mouth's all his mind's all clouded and shit. So he's just like, all right, I'm gonna eat you now. <laughs> it's like it's time for you to be eaten he kneels down commenting that it is better for Gorn if they start now otherwise he can't guarantee to make a clean job Gorn sheds a tear speaking that he holds him responsible not to the, not the people above the circumstances and the administration just just him Trimagasi considers him purged inside inside and out, not feeling resentment. He tells him not to worry since he he just is taking a morsel of flesh. Gorn turns his head. Trimagasi asks if he's ready. Then he puts the gag back inside of his mouth. And at this point, he is like you could see on Trimagasi's face that like he feels kind of bad. Like well, he has right. this this facial expression. Because yeah, I think he's Eden, he's ate flesh before, right? But it's like now he is intentionally going to physically like kill, like be killing someone yeah, because pretty much torturing someone. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. uh, you can tell when um, he spoke about his past partner that he took offense when he was accused of killing them, and it seems like they spent nine to ten months together, right? So clearly there was a bond, and they stuck through thin and thin, and to yeah. the point with that they were on the lower floors and. They it never came to the point where he had to kill that person, but um, I feel like he would have gotten there though if he, had, so if he, if he, if he truly had person? to. Yeah, Man, who knows? Yeah, but um, it's it's always that foot in the door mentality, right? It's like, well, you've already done this. Why not just go a little further and do this, right? Yeah. And it, he's come to that point after ten months, right? I think there's a lot of symbolism in this part of the movie in general. That's like a big social commentary about like what are people willing to do to survive. Yeah, And they don't blame it on themselves. They blame it on the administration, either that be the government or society. They put me in this place. So I'm the only thing I can do is do this illegal acts. Mm -hmm. You see that in society. It's like because of the situation I'm in, I'm going to have to do whatever I need to to provide for my family or get money or just survive in general. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that predicament for like where he's at. It's like, I'm sorry, it's you or me. Yeah. At that point. Yeah, ripping his pants and he starts digging into his flesh with the knife Gorn screaming and shrieking in pain Trimagasi continues as the platform comes down with, with Miharu on top she hits him in the head with a wine bottle then stabs him in the throat with his knife she goes over to Gorn cutting him out of his restraints handing him the knife while Trimagasi is bleeding out Gorn takes the knife and then crawls over to him and he starts stabbing the fucking shit out of him while growling I love that she's like take the kill she's like do it <laughs> do it now <laughs> got to gorn waking waking back up his leg bandaged meanwhile mahardu is hacking away at trimagasi's flesh eating him it's like that's all she eats is like people like, i don't think i've ever seen her eat food and when she takes scraps with her it's always like people's flesh <laughs> yeah good point Fuck. i mean but that kind of makes sense because probably no one would take that from her yeah right but i don't know she realizes that he's awake, offering a piece of flesh to him, and she's, like, kind of animalistic mm -hmm. with her movements. Primal. 
Um, putting it in his hand, he slowly places it in his mouth, gagging and coughing it out. She goes over to him um, with some water, feeding it to uh, feeding it to him. He gives his thanks as she takes another bite of flesh, chewing it down like it's fucking beef jerky. Jesus, she's like so like. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's gross. It looks great though. It does look great and disgusting at the same time. Yeah, it That's looks greatly great. disgusting. Uh, this movie is rated NC seventeen, and yeah, you can understand why. <laughs> Whoa, this is my first NC seventeen movie. Congratulations, <laughs> horror virgin. You, you made it. <laughs> Placing it in his mouth, he chews it and swallows it, asking, "What is his son's name? What is her son's name?" She doesn't answer. Prepped and ready to go, Mahadu is on a platform going down, looking back at Gorn. I think she doesn't answer because I think she doesn't speak Spanish. We find out later that she's actually Filipino. Oh, I thought... Huh. Did we find that out? Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. All all the way up inside the kitchen, the head chef yelling at all the chefs and getting the hair and the food. And you know what's fucked up? I felt just as bad as actually almost more bad for the chefs than them down below. <laughs> and I think that's very intentional, I right? think so, too. Like, it's... It, in. I think the reason why I obviously find it fucked well, not obviously, the reason why I find it fucked up that I think this is because I'm just like, but these are people who can go home at night. They're getting yeah. yelled at like Dave, like I was going to say Dave Ramsey, not that guy who tells you how to budget your money, like Gordon <laughs> Ramsey, um, who yells at his, up his whatever competitors or whatever. And, I felt so bad for them. Well, that's the thing. This is life. That, there exactly. Are so many work and career environments where this behavior is allowed Fuck. and we don't do anything about it. We don't look, we don't dismiss the people that create those environments. We accept it as power. Right. And that is what you need to do. Like, I've gone through this bullshit. So you have to go through this bullshit to move up. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's because I've also, too, have been there like where those people are like i've been yelled at by a higher up yeah it's stockholm syndrome right and i've never i've never been in prison before so i don't i don't feel that yeah yeah. like we've all experienced it i know almost everyone i know has experienced it but you oh yeah i cuss out the manager for sure (laughs) you you just are taught like this is the way it is you want a job especially in the field that you're passionate about you have to endure this bullshit right Mm. and it sucks because this like social construct has been made for so long and no yeah. one's there to question it or have the power to bring it down motherfuckers because of profits because of again this is what i've gone through so everyone else has to go through if they want to get to my level it's just it's bullshit right it goes back to Word. that phrase in the beginning of the movie it's like there's only the people above below and the fallen mm-hmm Factoids. Check in a set of their hairs for a match. Back with Goran forced to consume Trimagasu's body as maggots crawl all over it, he hallucinates Trimagasu on the other side, asking Goran, quote, eat or be eaten, end quote. Goran answering that um, he made he made him, but Trimagasu claims that he, he was helpless and that he was shown no mercy. I mean, he, he is right. And I, I like the fact that this is his own mind. Mm-hmm. It's just like... I didn't have to kill him. He was going to die anyway. He was yep. stabbed in the fucking neck. Exactly. Like, I didn't have to do that. Not uh, not treating him with the same respect. Gorn comments with a smile that it smells like gas and he's an illusion. Trimagasi uh, mentions that it, it is it no longer matters that they are they are the same now, both murderers. The difference being that he's more civilized. 
Goran weakly tells him to go away. Trimagasi belongs to him now. He's inside of Goran's body. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. But Goran also belongs to him as well. Goran says that um, that talking is making him tired, just how <laughs> Trimagasi would say to him. Goran opens his eyes. Maharu um, uh, on top of him, naked. I'm like, all right. We know what you were thinking with Mah- Mah- Maharu. Okay. <laughs> um, they begin kissing all over each other's bodies. She licks his face in reverse. That was freaky. Like, not like freaky deaky. That was like freaky, like, ooh. <laughs> she wakes up actually, actually this time to a dog licking his face, pushing the dog off as his new cellmate, Imagiri, calls the dog back. The dog is so cute. Dog was super cute, but why the fuck would you bring a dog here? Exactly. That's what uh, honestly, Okay, well, I feel like it's so fitting for her character. It is fitting for her character, but it's stupid. You know this place. But she doesn't. Yeah, well, she doesn't. doesn't. Well, that's that's true, but I'm just saying, like, you you should understand that this is still no place for a dog. Well, even Garang, like, mentions, like, that that dog is more sausage than it is dog, Exactly. Um, but I mean, it's it's so perfectly done. It's someone yeah. that comes from great. the higher branch of class and right. coming it's, stepping into like Paris Hilton or something. Sure, yeah, just not being ignorant to like the surround the trenches, right? Yeah. And thinking like, no, if there's a system that works, and if everyone just follows the system down there, right, everyone will get reward. Their, everyone yeah. will get their fair share, right? She right. doesn't she doesn't realize the true like nature. Of nature place. of everything yeah. down there yeah, yeah. and then I, I again it's just so fitting for someone to be like i'm gonna bring my dog that's well <laughs> i'm gonna bring ramses we understand why she's in there later on she'll show right but that's her comfort animal yeah. to go through like what she's going through well sure well she lost that <laughs> well, not only that, i also think it's a great representation for those that are in a higher tier career and you have to sacrifice to get into those higher tier like jobs whether it be in quote-unquote the administration right whatever that administration would be but because of that you sacrifice things like friendship you sacrifice things like having a family and a lot of those people to have any sense of camaraderie they'll have something like a pet yeah it's true gore notices that they're on level 33 um she introduces herself and her dog her dog uh ramses I think that's like you say whatever. Um, he asked if if you can bring dogs in the hole. She wasn't going to. She wasn't going to come there without him. Fair enough. Gorn whispers that uh, that wasn't a good idea to bring a sausage dog in there. Him being more sausage than dog. She comments about his insensitivity, knowing that he brought um, brought a book and nobody has done that before. Usually, it's just weapons. I mean, that should be like a little clear sign. To not bring your dog, but okay. Uh, he looks over at her, wondering how she knows his name. Cut to a flashback, revealing Imaguri being the person that interviewed Gorn for the hole. She she uh, she's asking a list of questions about food restrictions as he smokes, letting him know that he will not be able to smoke once he's inside. But he already understands. Gorn uh, wonders if if these pauses are part of the interview. Imaguri. Imagiri um, asks if if it makes him uncomfortable. He claims that it doesn't. She continues asking what his favorite food is, but he doesn't know. She asks him to think hard, but he doesn't understand the relevance of the question. She mentions that they, they will include the, his request on the menu. He wonders if this means he's been accepted, but not quite yet. I'm just like, man... <laughs> let, let, let me know. With the puff of, from his cigarette, he calmly says escargot. 
Back to his cell, Gorn asks Imagiri if she can if she can get him out of there. She reminds him that she can't. He wonders how many others that they sent in the hole before sending her. From her recollection, she remembers that Gorn came there voluntarily, and, she, and same goes for her. Wondering if, if Imagiri knows that uh, that people are dying in the hole. She shares that they prefer to call it a vertical self-management center. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he smirks with his eyes closed, asking how many levels are there. She bluntly comments that there are 200 levels. His smile fades, weakly expressing that there isn't enough food for 200 levels. She continues explaining if folks ate what they needed, there will be enough rations. But it isn't that easy. And, some, and something has to happen inside there. Something that fosters a spontaneous sense of solidarity. Gorin thinks um, that to be the reason the hole was created, knowing that change will never happen spontaneously. And McGiddy believes that he may be right, but that's why he's there. He leans on his back, sighing that he'll he'll be glad just to get out alive. And she says something interesting there, though. She says, like, if people do the rations and yada, yada, yada. Um, they take just what they need. Right. And she says that something needs to foster this spontaneous solidarity. So I kind of think she does know a little bit of what's going on in there. I don't think she knows everything. Yeah. I, I think she doesn't realistic. Like it's, she doesn't know how vicious it is. It's different when you hear about it and right. you never experienced that social economic class. Right. right? right. So it like, cause let's be real. Like, people in higher classes do hear about what happens like quote unquote down there but right. they truly sure. do not understand right i mean we've seen this in Candyman. we've seen this in in us mm-hmm. we you know we, we it's it's a very interesting experience when you talk about the upper class and the lower class mm-hmm. and it, it's just a, a very fascinating way to show that Especially for this film. Another big thing, too, is earlier in the film, you know, there was a mention of communism. And right. we all know how much of a negative negative light that has. But like, or socialism, those are like hot words, right? Yeah. And um, in this situation, something like communism where everyone has an equal share would technically work. But clearly, we see countries that have that approach and there are problems as well it's right. it's the, the issue is the human aspect of it yeah. right humans exactly. are inherently greedy and oh we're always trying to get an edge or an advantage and th- this is like kind of what i mentioned in the beginning of the episode it makes me a little depressed because like nothing will ever work no because of humans and how humans right. are and people always want to have the opportunity to possibly become rich exactly but I mean, hey. The platform comes down. Gorn b- begins eating Imagiri, fixing two plates of uh, food for herself, and or excuse me, two plates for the two folks below. He w- he watches as she feeds her dog, expressing that she is doing uh, she is doing. Uh, I don't know what I was trying to say. Whatever. Imagiri comments that one one day he eats, the next she does. That being her ration. He shares that it it could also be the death of a child, but no one under sixteen is allowed there. But he knows that there is at least one child there. She says it again. The platform goes down to thirty four. The man stuffing his face with spaghetti. Imagiri trying to explain the portion that she left for them, asking for them to prepare other rations for the rest and pass it down and pass them the message down he tells her that they've been on level 88 and that is a miracle that they've that they're even alive she tries again she tries to explain again but the man continues eating gorn coming back over to uh 
uh, to her after drinking some water, repeating spontaneous solidarity, <laughs> believing this place to be there, there for the opposite. And if the solidarity emerges, they will know how, um, how to prevent um, how to prevent that from happening on the outside. She doesn't understand who, quote-unquote, they are. He's speaking about the administration. She thinks he's he's one of those folks who think the admins are, are bad, but she's worked for them for 25 years. Yeah. I think there's great <laughs> duality here. There I is. The there first is. aspect of the conversation we just had, she's... Straight up drank the Kool-Aid and she's still drinking it. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's from... The higher tier inside, right? But at the same time, her character on the other side is also trying to represent those that are trying to be advocates for change. Yes. And uh, pushing for uh, ideals and behaviors that can be enforced in others to do better in the world. And a lot of times those people aren't heard, right? Right. You have people that are really out, out there trying to make a difference and trying to construct new systems to help those in need, right? She's very much trying to put it in her own hands to ration out the floor below her um, as far as what they need to eat. But it it sucks too because the duality of the administration and her being from there, she said, there's the exact amount of calories needed for your survival. And clearly that's not a great way to live, right? Right. Especially when... Plus that plate she made sucked. Yeah, but like she said, it's it's right. just salad. It's a sacrifice to, yeah. for yeah. others. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and and for change in in our social systems, there is a lot of sacrifice that needs to be made. And that's why there isn't change happening because those that are eating at the table right. don't want to give others that don't get to eat at the table their chance to eat because exactly. they don't want to go a day without eating. This is why yeah. I love her as a character. She's such a good person. Oh she yeah, wants the best for others. Even Absolutely, she was part of like the whole entire thing. Right, but she's ignorant she knows. in it. Yeah, exactly. But it also reminds me of this like story of like the starfishes on the beach. I don't know if you guys ever heard that. Mm-hmm. It's like an endless beach with a bunch of starfishes on the beach, and they need to get back in the water or they'll die. And there's this little kid that picks up a starfish and keeps throwing them into the ocean. And the girl comes up to him and says, "Why are you going to do that? It's a um, endless beach. You're not going to save every starfish." So he picks up the starfish, throws in the water. It's like but it meant something for that one. I was like, yeah. damn. Hell yeah. Love that's that that's the way to do it. He tells her he tells her to enjoy her special privileges, knowing that she got to choose her cellmate. He checks his leg, commenting that he didn't. Damn. Yeah. Cut to the platform down again, Imagiti um, doing the same thing by fixing two plates for them below, Corn continuing to eat his rations. The food the food down below, she tries to she tries to explain again as they argue for her to leave them alone. Corn lies back in bed, he's sweating and breathing harder. I didn't understand what was happening here. When uh, he I was think, like sweating and he was like starting to hyperventilate. I think he's just um I think suffering from his wound. Maybe. Yeah. Imagiti knowing that uh the the that someday the people below will listen. He wonders if she is real. Mo- uh, montage to her trying to reason with them again, watching her dog and Gorn um, just trying to fucking survive. <laughs> he had He's had enough finally going over assisting her and convincing 34, but in a more harsh way. He pretty much just said he would take a shit on their food every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they just stare at him. He goes to lie back down. She believes it is, um, it, it's working. Gorn pulls out his book, saying, "Obviously, <laughs> she, <laughs> she thought she thought she could persuade them, but persuading them with threats is much more effective." She wants to try to persuade thirty-two next, but Gorn knows that um, they won't listen. She doesn't understand why. He simply says, "Because I can't shit upwards." 
Fair enough. The platform has come back down. Maharu is laid out on the slab. Gorn helps her, screaming for Imigiri to help him get her off the, uh, the slab in onto his bed. They do so. Maharu in pain, Gorn explaining that she is the mother of the boy in, who is inside the hole. He asks for the pillow. Um, they place it underneath her head, grabbing a wet towel, placing it on her, on her head. The platform descends. She weakly says that it is cold. They place blankets on her, but Imigiri is also is also cold. He realizes that the dog has food. He runs over to the dog, trying to get the food away, throwing it um, back down below. Uh, when he gets it, Gorn is on the ground while both Maharu and Imigiri are asleep. He tries to get some rest while sitting down. Maharu opening her eyes and looking at the dog. And fair warning, everybody, or trigger warning, I should say. Um, there is animal death inside of this we're not going to go too crazy and detailed so feel free to skip skip about like five seconds or so he wakes up to the whimpers of the dog and Imigiri crying that she hates Mahadu. Mahadu has the knife in her hand. He breaks up the fight between between the two, realizing that Mahadu killed her dog. Next time the platform comes, Mahadu heads back down with her rations tied to her her um, side again. Uh, we all know what her rations are. Yeah. <laughs> Gorn, t- Gorn telling Imigiri that she did it because of her son. She um, wouldn't know. She wouldn't know since she isn't a, isn't a mother. Below, they ask if Maharu is helping is helping for today. Oh, excuse me. Is there helping for today? They are messing around with her as Imigiri explains that she selected Maharu and she was alone. She doesn't have she doesn't have a father or children. Even even knowing that her favorite dish. Um, even knowing what her favorite dish is, knowing that she's an actress who brought a ukulele. Interesting that she brought. She, it's say that she brought a ukulele. Mm-hmm. I wonder. <clears throat> hmm. I wonder because we don't know the child's name, right? Mm-mm. I wonder if there's a name like synonymous with ukulele. Maybe. Maybe. That's Maybe. Cool. L- little guitar. I also, I, yeah. <laughs> I also wonder. I mean, I don't wonder. I also want to call out that this entire time the child's referred to as a boy, as a boy, yeah. And I think it's to protect that child. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Meanwhile, Mahadu stabs the man in the throat below. Imigiri, uh continuing that she's completely alone and she wanted to be the next um, Asian Marilyn Monroe, is what she says. And I think this is how we kind of get the context that she's not. Um, of Spanish descent, yes, per se. But uh, from what my understanding, from my remembrance, I thought it, all, all we know is the confirmation of being Asian. Technically, yes, but she's a Filipino actress, and she's the only actress in the in the movie who's Filipino besides the child. Got it, got it, as got well. It. Um, but now she is cr- she's a crazed killer after a non-existent child, calling it a spontaneous act in solidarity, covered in shit. Great. <laughs> Calling this place, calling this place bad for someone who likes books. I love how they just keep picking on Gorn and be like, "Bro, you're too weak for this." Yeah, should have been like, "You're a nerd." <laughs> like, bro, you should have just stayed in school, my guy. <laughs> but supposedly, the book itself. When I was looking at other people's perspectives, the book has a story about this main dude that talks about like different class systems as well, mm-hmm. which is like supposed to be very similar to what's going on. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. 
For eight years, she sent people in, into this hellhole, swearing that she didn't know um, what she was doing, asking for her to believe, asking for him to believe her, but he's silent. She begs for his belief. She unbuttons, she unbuttons her shirt, sharing that she's fought cancer for three years, and the day she found out, she um, she lost the fight. That being her reason why she applied to come come there to help. She exposes her chest with rash-like boils on her chest, explaining her reasons no longer matter. She doesn't care. She doesn't care about anything anymore, mocking him for choosing to bring a book there. Cut to a tank full of snails. And who knew that, like, an emporium of snails can look so pleasant? You know, that reminded me of being a kid. I remember playing with snails a lot when I was really, really, really young. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Did you not do the fifth grade... Camp program? Yeah, that's exa- I'm thinking about uh, like a garden. Banana slug, sure. Yeah, the banana slugs. For me, it was like second, first grade. Yeah, that, we we did that as well. But like, it was like the banana slug thing at UC Santa Cruz. Yeah. Right. And they had this little thing like, if you kiss it, it's good like, luck or something. It's good luck. Well, for me, that was like sixth grade. Oh, for outdoor ed? Outdoor ed. Yeah. yeah. Outdoor ed, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was fifth grade for me. No. Oh, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, that's all. That's what I remember it from. And I. God, I remember that was my first time away from home. Yeah. Oh my God, I hated it. I hated it. I that's for the Outdoor Ed podcast. That's just for the Outdoor <laughs> Ed podcast, exactly. Those stories we could tell. No, yeah, definitely. Um, they're being cooked into escargot. On on level zero, all the food is being plated. Um, it's actually pretty wild how you see the food, how the food is presented at first mm-hmm. and how it looks later. Yeah. <laughs> It um it is sent down the food being viciously devoured until it's on level thirty three. The plate of escargot is completely untouched. Gorn finds this to be a miracle. Imagiti is on is on her bed. He asks if she if she would like to eat anything. She doesn't answer him. He puts a couple a couple he puts a couple of food he puts a couple of plates out and starts um, putting food on it for those below. She's crying as he asks for her to uh, to eat a little bit. She comments that um that it is her dog's turn today, but he explains that this is their last day. They'll be on this level. They'll be on the they they will not be on this level, so she should eat. He, um and um them not knowing where they're going to be tomorrow. Corn wakes up on level 202 very quickly. I want to go back a little bit on that um comment you made about the food being presented and yeah. looking so exquisite and seeing how look good as fuck. It turns out, right? <laughs> I think there's multiple things that you could say about this. I think uh, one thing you could say is like um, those higher up can present something so exquisite and uh, with so many different options. Yeah. And I think that... See that cake? Yeah. <laughs> I think this could oh, also yeah. be seen as, um, you know... Given given all these options, these uh, to like maybe those that are desperate or uneducated, whatever it may be, um, I think the system can be made in a way where uh, ideally, like there be something amazing for everyone. But clearly, right. that doesn't end up being the case, right? Well, I believe this is all their menu. Yeah, right. this it's, is this is everything the the whole gambit one ordered dish for everyone exactly. And if, if there's enough for everyone there, everyone could have had their favorite dish every day. But clearly, uh, I don't know about escargot. Yeah, every I, mean, day. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> sustainable, <laughs> right? but there's one item for everyone, right? Right. Um. So if you really think about it, like it's it, just, it's it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. Even if someone just took one of each, yeah. it's still possible. Yeah. So I think that speaks a lot. Yeah, and it's one of those things. Just like the higher. 
the higher like class you are, the more quote unquote access you have for luxuries, aka the food. That yeah, you have an advantage. Right. But remember what Trimagasi said. He said something very fascinating where it's just like you have nothing to look forward to. And that's the same concept with money. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to look forward to, which is why most billionaires or millionaires or whatever, rich people, constantly spend their money because they're still trying to find something that they don't have. That's stimulus. Exactly. Yeah. Where's my check? He sees Imagitti's um, bedding on the ground, trailing to her uh, to her being hung on the wall next to the floor level. People are beginning to wake up screaming. He goes over to her body. Trimagasi appears, asking if he's going to take her down, commenting that she was his friend, asking if he's going to eat her. Imagitti um, appears, explaining why she hung him hung herself knowing that it would be easier be much easier to jump but she wanted to leave herself for him he drops he drops down to the ground the two of them hovering over him as imagiti continues that she wants to be consumed by him chimagasi calls him an idiot for covering his ears when they are inside of his head she calls him an idiot for calling goran an idiot <laughs> calling him the messiah of shit then telling him to eat her that being his only chance of survival Gorn gets up, screaming, banging, flailing as she continues. She says a sinister prayer. Quote, Verily I say unto you, if you eat not the flesh of the Son of Man, nor drink of his blood, ye have no life. He, he that eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will, ra- I will raise... I will. I will raise him him up at the last day, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He, he that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me, and I in him. And Trimagasi bluntly says, Amen. <laughs> this is fucking poetic. Is. This is my favorite scene. Gorin covers covers up her body, lying on the on the ground as the platform eventually reaches him. Yet it is empty. He takes a piece of broken glass, counting on his fingers and marking it on the wall. He eats the pa- he eats the paper from his book, waiting for the platform to return back back up. It does, showing that his tallies his uh showing that he has tally marks that there are many floors below them. Trimagasi gives him the uh, fictional knife to cut into Imagiri. He takes it, ripping a piece of her clothes, then cutting into her. As Trimagasi comments on all the fragments of her body that he can mutilate as he continues. Sheesh. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, it's wild. Like the way he even <laughs> says it, he's like cheek. Yeah. Like hip, ham. Like it's just, it's just like, oh my God, loin, chops. Really, like it's. I think it's a great uh, way to represent the the feeling of hunger, of desperation. Oh, well, absolutely. Right? Because oh my God. we know Trimagasi's uh, representation of his mentality now and um, the way he kind of playfully sings about all the different body parts that he yeah. can eat, it just shows like how hungry he actually he is. is and how much it affects right. his mental state. I mean, yeah. dude tried to eat he, paper. Yeah, he exactly. literally reminds me of Anthony Hopkins in The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> right. Where he's very like methodical and very like intelligent, but his perspective is like out of whack. Yeah. And he's so like, he's such a good actor. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like the way he steals the scenes, it reminds me of how Anthony Hopkins steals the scenes in like Silence of the Lambs, where it's like, fair enough. Yes, eat them. Yeah, no, that's fair. It, it, and I like to even think that that particular night, right there, I think that night was his last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. I think that it was now or never, right? Because exactly. he was probably thinking, "What if I'm even what if lower? I'm, exactly, 
So he wakes up, uh, but on level six, Maharu in the other bed. She goes over to him about to stab him, but he wakes up screaming um, from that nightmare. Waking up for real this time with his new roommate or cellmate, um, Baharat, uh, shouting at the folks above them. I love him. Maharat was fucking awesome. He's great. Um, He has a rope wrapped around his arm. He realizes that Gorn is awake. He quickly goes over to him, introducing himself. He screams that he's on fire. And um, when he shows, when he shows him that they're on the sixth floor, he continues shouting to number five. A man leans over asking if what he wants. Uh, or asking if he wants to come up. He asked the reasons why. Baharat's reason um, to get out of there. The man asked if he believes in God, and Baharat um, admits that he does, kneeling on the ground before him. Level 5 asking, asking him what God does he believe in. He shouts that he believes in the one true God. The man speaking to his cellmate mentioning that he believes in the same God as them. Baharat promises that he's just passing through, God telling him to get out of the hole. Level 5 humors him, asking what, what did God say to him. He feeds into five's mockery the two poyas um should 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 excuse me the two poyas would help would help him get out of there adding that he will reward them for it a woman leans over asking how will they be rewarded with everlasting life baharat says the man continues his mocks claiming that that isn't a bad deal (laughs) he asks he asks for them to let to uh let him up they disappear for a moment, then come back, agreeing for him to thro- to throw up the rope. Baharat thanks them, throwing the rope up. He tell um he tells Gorin that he will see him outside, laughing and rubbing his hands. He starts climbing up, shouting for for their help. The woman then takes a shit on his face, and this is fucking oh, gross. It's disgusting. He starts climbing up, shouting for oh excuse me, causing him to fall down. Gorin catching him, but his rope falls down the holes. This. Oh speaks my God. volumes because we were talking about class the whole time, right? Yeah. And now it's adding the extra layer of race. And even if you are higher class, race can still be an obstacle for those um, that are racist, right? Or oh, yeah. prejudice and so on. And this, this exemplifies that so much. Absolutely. He's screaming for his rope while others are laughing, trying to clean his face with the water, crying in the mirror that he's screwed and that he'll never get get closer than five levels. Cut to the platform of food dropping down. Gorn begins eating, Baharat sitting in the corner. He throws Baharat an apple. They continue eating in silence while five has sex above them. I was like, all right, you know, fill up, then fuck. Go for it. <laughs> the platform descends down to seven, eating the food like savages. And you can tell that they were for sure on a super low level. Yeah. Like they are like yeah. going at that food. The lights are off. Gorn in bed, hearing the voices of uh, Chimagasi telling him that he's adapted well, going over the list of things that he's gone through. Him being attacked, his la- his last cellmate killing themselves, and now he's on the uh, on this level, able to eat everything. By this point in time, we know now that he's been there for five months. Mm-hmm. Adding that he ha- he only has one month left before receiving his diploma. Continuing that it is all up to him, Trimagasi um, changes into Imagiri. He remembers that he whispered to her about change not happening spontaneously. She comments that this might this might be his reason why he's there. Gorn goes over to Baharat, asking him to help him down. Going over to uh, going over the plan of using what every weapon they they can, or using um, whatever weapon they can, hopping on the platform, handing out food at each level, just enough to survive. Continuing that he he can't do it alone, but the both of them may be able to. 
knowing that nobody will allow him to climb up the hole, Baharat calls it suicide if they go down. But Gorn knows that uh, they they get food to last. But but excuse me. But, but Gorn knows that if they get if they get food to the last section, they will have broken the machinery. Baharat explains that it isn't a it isn't a machine. It is just a hole. It being a prison. Them not knowing how many levels there are. Gorn shares that he was on two hundred and two, and he counted second by second on how long the platform took to come back up. He doesn't think he was exact, but he thinks there's around 250 levels. Bharat uh, wonders if he's wrong. Them running out of food and not making it back to making it to the bottom. Gordon suggests that they stay on the platform and go go back up, just how he wanted. Go down to go up. Bharat commenting that a, a lunatic would leave um, the sixth level. Gordon pumping him up that two lunatics will be on fire for doing it. Baharat laughs, then grabs Gorn, embracing him. I love that. Such a great scene. This is amazing. Guts of the both of them, arming themselves with pipes from, uh, from their bed. They're standing on the platform, waiting to descend. The two, uh, the two from five, calling them ridiculous and wishing death upon them. Their descent begins. And I love this shot. Yeah. Uh, this shot is amazing. Baharat barks the, um, the two below them away. One of them asking what are they doing, he tells them to relax and they're passing through, giving them their rations and and leaving. Gorn tells him no, because the first 50 levels eat every single day. They will start handing out food to 51. Baharat claims that the um claims them to be friends, but Gorn stands in, stands his ground, knowing that they ate yesterday and will eat again tomorrow. They feel entitled since they were they were on one hundred and four since they were on the one hundred and fourteenth last month and almost died. Gorn believes that he should understand, but the man continues his rant. They, then trying to feed into Baharat's mind using his skin color and feeling like a servant for Gorn, for Gorn. Bharat is looking at Gorn, the man about to steal some food, but he just fucking bashes the shit out of him in his head. That shit is violent. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they killed some people on the way down. <laughs> oh, for fucking oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. They had to, right? Yeah. I mean, the way that they were hitting people, they were Brutality. making... It, it was brutal. But I, I, I like what David said about something like this. <laughs> we just rewatched the scene right now. And holy shit, it's brutal. But um, David brought up prejudice and racism, and and he was trying to use a prejudice statement to him, like you're like, like what you're just gonna fucking roll over and do exactly what your ancestors did, and it's just like, well, fuck, like you're trying to feed this into into this ideology. But we can tell that Baharat made up his mind, like, no, I want to yeah. get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And if this is the what my comrade here thinks that I met yesterday, all right, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. They continue descending, Baharat forcing everyone back into their corners. They make it to a floor where a man in a wheelchair calls calls out Baharat. He apologizes to the man. He tells Baharat to get down from, from the platform, commenting that they are standing on the food. Goran asks who this man is. Baharat calls him a wise man. <laughs> the man continues asking about uh, if he taught him nothing. I believe Baharat knew him outside of this prison. Seems like it. Yeah, it seems like this guy and him either are from the same area, same mm-hmm. town, mm-hmm. something like that. I agree. 
Baharat explains their mission for, of descending down to gift food to, the, uh, to those at the lower levels. He calls that a good deed, but they should do this with sense, winning them over before hitting them. Gorn asks if they can't. Uh, what if they can't? Then you hit them hard. But use dialogue first. He asks who will who will know if they succeed. Baharat thinks um, the administration. The man irritatedly comments that they have no conscience, but there being a slim chance that the people working on level z- on level zero do. Uh, that is where they that's that is where they need to send their message. Asking them how would they do that. They don't answer. Looking at each other, the man motions the, um, the person behind him to move move him closer to them. He expresses that they need to do this with a symbol, something delicious and perfectly presented dish, a dish that gets back to level zero completely untouched. They take their advice. As, the, as they advance down, Bahad thinking about what the man says to, quote, imagine their faces when they see the whole send back a send, send back a dish like that then they will understand the message the panacotta you can um, you must re- preserve it as if your life depended on it that being the message end quote the panacotta is the message <laughs> looks good i'll eat it does look good i would eat it it's not tiramisu but <laughs> uh, they're, uh, they land on the next floor Baharat expresses their peaceful protest she doesn't understand Gorn bluntly saying that they want them to go hungry for a day she scoffs and says fuck that then starts eating Gorn hitting her directly in the head crushing her fucking skull he for sure killed this woman Oh, this woman's she's dead. dead this yeah. woman's dead she's dead there's no way like a little so scar. Much blood. That might be a little scar. Yeah, if you if you fix it. Might need stitches. Yeah, no, like she she got her shit caved in. She's dead. <laughs> the way he even like just smashes down. He winded up. Dude. <laughs> he definitely took what uh that man in the wheelchair very seriously. <laughs> Hit him hard. Our lock first. It's really interesting, right? Because it's they're trying to do something good, but it's like, what are they going to do along the way to, to get to that goal? And, <laughs> yeah, what cost? At the same time, it's very realistic, right? It's like, yeah, all right, exactly. don't hit people first. Have dialogue first. But if they don't have the dialogue, you're going to have to, like... Dead. Use force. Force, yeah. sometimes. Bada puts down the panacota with the lid, understanding the importance of their mission. They continue to sending cracking skulls and fucking people up who gets close to the platform. Oh, now gosh. on level 51, they hand, they hand them rations of food, watching them as they, as they eat. The, um, they continue this as they continue their descent, forcing those who, who want more than their ration. On level 96, a man with special needs is assisted by Baharat, while an old man on his bed is fed by Gorn. Here's the heartbreaking part. The man believes the old man is going to die, Baharat not thinking that to be true if he continues to look after him. But he says that he will die anyways, because he was planning on smothering him with the pillow. <laughs> Baharat tells him to eat and not speak nonsense, but he continues that he'll slit open his belly and eat what they give him. I think this is huge as well. I think it's 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 a representation. Now you're adding a layer of disabilities and those that are disadvantaged, and um, they're not being a system in place to aid those with their special needs. Right, and I also even take this as like the more you descend, the less these people are going to care what you're saying. Yes, they're not going to care about what you're saying or what, how much food you give them or anything like that. Like they still are knowing that whatever you do, even when you go back up tomorrow, this isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Continuing their descent, they notice a man dead. Gorn thinking that um, is where Mahadu woke up. 
Baharat knows knows her as the mother, but he explains that the child doesn't exist. They are looking around, and the platform isn't stopping. Them knowing that there there are more levels than he's counted, more people butchered on their levels. Um, knowing that the platform doesn't stop when everyone is dead, they make it to a level where Ma- Maharu is screaming from a man who is who um who is eating her while she's still alive. Question: How the fuck does she get down there? Oh, because the platform—they're on the platform. Unless she did it yesterday and she was just chilled yeah, on their I floor. Mean, they didn't go on day one, right? Well, so it's not like she woke up a few floors above, killed that guy. Okay, and then she tried to make herself go down floor by floor. I'm guessing without the platform. Without the platform. Well, because day one they didn't go down, right? They didn't go down day one. So my assumption is that she went down with the platform two floors because. Even the floor below that was also dead folk. Um, so she went down two floors, and did she just chill on that floor for a day? She's like, oh, I'll chill with these guys on level 105. I mean, she we've seen her do that here and there where she'll like it's have true. to recuperate. Um, but I don't, these two didn't look like the people who would like to recuperate. Exactly. Well, yeah, so right. I think, yeah, I guess... That's a really good point. Yeah, because she's she would have to be there for a while, right? Um, maybe uh, shit uh, literally went down. a whole day. Yeah, I was about to say they probably like kept her captive, used her, unfortunately, and then today is the day. It's like I'm hungry. I'm going to eat you now. Maybe. Yeah, because I would imagine like it's a new month. She wants to find her child. She's not gonna just chill for a bit. Like she's gonna go right. straight she down and look. keep going. Yeah. yeah, it's probably the lowest she's ever been. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, because remember 171, she was she was the one who saved, uh, what's his name's life? Yeah. But this is 200, right? Or something in Are the they 200s? on 200 already? Don't know. I don't remember. I think it's because he's like, oh, there's more floors. Right, I but thought. I thought that was earlier. On 96, right? Like right after 96? Mm, perhaps, yeah. Because I think it went down and it was right after 96 and then just skipped it. Um, he viciously stabs Mahadu. Gorn jumps on the on the man, punching the shit out of him. Baharat drop kicking the other dude that is coming for him. The man has a sword. What? Fuck. Slicing Ooh, Baharat in the stomach. The so, samurai plus plus. Fuck. So I think because when they're descending the to this floor, there's dead bodies on the left side. So maybe these two found a way to travel down down because that doesn't make sense. There's four bodies here at this point. Right. Yeah. And now with um. These two coming on the platform, six total. Yeah. So she could have been on the floor below, and then they came down because they were hungry to try to get her or something. Else. Maybe. Oh, yeah, because the platform above them stopped moving. So maybe right, they were, right. the, these two were directly above. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, that dude who was stabbing the shit out of Mahadu, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But, he like, he, yeah, he didn't. He shit. was just no fucks. But, like, I, he looked like he could be strong enough to, like, try to, like, hover down and swing exactly. his body right. to to but even then hey, like dude. that's super risky i mean and we know ropes are somehow obtainable well <laughs> maybe I mean, someone he, wished I, for well, it he i think he rope. brought the rope that was his own item yeah um <clears throat> that's interesting um yeah who knows maybe maybe these two did come down to this floor and they were previously on a low level floor as is and they yeah. haven't ate since even before the new floor structuring so maybe Who knows? The other man gets the best of Gorn and starts wailing on him. They're all fighting to the absolute death, Baharat stabbing his dude, then chopping off the head of the other guy on Gorn. I'm just like, poor Gorn. Yeah. Like, he means well. He reminds me of like a puppy. 
<laughs> Goran checks on Maharu, but she's dead. Bharat forcing him back on the platform before it leaves onto the next floor. They continue their descent, the people on the levels getting worse and worse. Bharat whisper, uh, whispers for them to be strong. Lower, and they're fucked up. Like, yeah. they're both, like, they're dying. Yeah. Both of them are dying at this point. Lower and lower they go. Goran coughing from his injuries because he was punching the shit out of him. He comments that they don't have anything left. Bharat reminds him that they have the pun. Panakota, that being the message. Finally, they stop on level 333. Bahara commenting that there isn't anyone there, but it stopped. Them thinking that it must be the last level. They notice a child underneath the bed. Gorn struggles off the platform. Bahara getting off next, getting off next, it leaving them. It goes down into the darkness. Gorn uh, demanding him to to throw out the dessert. Um. They wait a moment, not feeling it get hot or cold. The child comes out of the, uh, out of their hiding place. Gorn noticing that it is a little girl. She she looks at the panacota. He he comments that she is hungry. Now this is what I believe is going on. I don't believe this is Mahadu's child. Really? No. I think this child is there, and I think Mahadu was going down every single time she was going down there to feed her. I think she made it every single time. Hmm. And I think and I think she did it to feed her. And I think she would stay on that level with her. It's the only level she, yeah, the child would always be safe, I guess. Right. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of of where Mahadu would stay with this child and when the night comes to switching, she gets back into a regular room. And you think the child's always on the last floor? Yes. And without a partner. Without a partner. It's very I want answers. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Bahara t- uh, is about to offer offer it to her because how is that girl still alive? Especially if she has no no partner, nothing. Like how is she still alive? Yeah. Because she's know, the no, no food. I mean, yeah, but no food gets down to her. <laughs> right. But that makes sense as to why she had so many rations on her body. So we'll never know. she's definitely had to have made it down there once, right? Mm. At least once. So, I mean, she was very viciously killing everybody. So I think that's what she was doing. I think that's why she was going to each level. It's a good theory. Yeah. Baharat is about to offer it to her, but he brings it back to himself, repeating that the Panacotta is the message over and over. Cut to her eating the dessert, the boat, and she looks so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them looking at each other, um, forcing a smile on their face. They are all asleep, the platform rushing back to the top. Gorn reaches for a book, reading, quote, A great man who is sin-ridden can only be a great sinner. The wealthy man who is not generous will be a, mis- a miserly beggar. The owner of wealth is not made made happy by owning it, but by spending it, and by spending it um, capriciously, but by knowing how to spend it well. End quote. He's bleeding over the book as he reads Athen Trimagasi, what he wants, uh, what he wants when he appears on the other side of the hole. He comments that he uh, he likes to listen to him read, repeating and repeating an an excerpt and calling him uh, daring to venture out of level six, asking what now, asking if he will eat the man. Goran asks why not the girl. uh, Trimagasi responds that she's a gift. He, uh, his face transitions to Imagiri, saying that Ramses, uh, Ramses uh, is the message. And Maharu uh, comes down the platform, pointing with her knife. Baharat shakes him awake, commenting that the girl is the message. They sit up, 
um, Gorn agreeing that she's the message, he wakes up for real this time, calling out to Baharat. He tries shaking him, but realizes that he bled out from his wound. The platform has made it back down to them, Gorn shaking her awake. They both get onto the platform. She go- she holds his hand and arm tightly as they descend down into the darkness. The miles of vertical levels above them as they continue. Finally, they come to a peaceful stop at the bottom, just a beam of light bathing on top of them. Trimagasi comes out of the dark, letting him know that his journey has ended with a smile on his face. Gorn doesn't believe, thinking thinking that he has to go back up with her. Trimagasi comments that he's not the message and that it needs to, it needs no bearer. He rubs the girl's head before getting off the platform, and she's still like sound asleep and shit. The two um, walking into the darkness, leaving the girl behind. He looks back one last time. Trimagasi, knowing that she will succeed and that she is in fact the message. She shoots up on the platform, continuing to stay asleep as it ascends. Then, credits. I think I I feel like I understand more so now than when I actually finished the film um, in regards to the ending. I think it's making, it's a, it represents making, wanting to make a change that doesn't directly correlate to just change within you, right? You don't mm-hmm. pursue change just because you need something to change for yourself, you change, you pursue change for the betterment of the future Word. generation and the world and those to come. And I think this, because I'm sure a lot of uh, viewers are thinking, oh, dude, I, I stuck with the protagonist. I wanted to see him get out. I don't know this girl. <laughs> he only had a month left. Exactly. He was too. so close, right? But it's not about that. You don't, you don't pursue. You don't pursue justice. a diploma like this. You don't pursue <laughs> justice. You don't pursue change or just for yourself. You do it for others. You should do it for others and all for the betterment of all. So, and yeah, that's why I think with the, um, the opening phrase too, I think he is the fallen. Obviously, he mm. descends down and stuff like that. The fallen being people who kind of like self-sacrifice themselves for other people. And you can take this with the religious aspect of everything. He's kind of like, well, they even call him the Messiah. Yeah. Even like the Messiah of the shit. It's kind of funny. But he is pretty much self-sacrificing himself for the sins of others above him, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. And, and we letting even... his message reach to the very top of the surface, yeah. liberating everyone else from their, <laughs> I guess, their internal prison. I don't, I don't mean to laugh. No, you're good. But I'm laughing at something very morbid. What if it... Goes up to the top and she flies up and she hits the top of the ceiling. Oh, that's what you think it slows down at the very top. I thought about that. I 100% thought about that too. It's crazy. Or or the chef guy's just waiting for the knife. He's like, fuck you, kid. Oh, man. It's crazy how we like. Went over time for the show, and but we still didn't even touch on any religious aspects. No, we didn't any of that. So it's 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 we like didn't. I said in the beginning, I, was like, I don't even think in we'll one touch on the religious episode. aspects on the uh, the post show for sure. Yeah. yeah, which you can get over at patreoncom slash life But I got some movie facts for us here. Movie, movie facts. <gasps> According to the director, the two prisoners sitting naked in the bathtub are the scriptwriters. I knew it. <laughs> you knew it. I knew it. it David like DeSola and Pedro Rivera. Uh, Rivero. Uh, since there's 300... Oh, we already said this already. But they, I guess, confirm it here. The movie establishes six meters, more, than, more or less 20 feet height per level. Since that is revealed at the end of the movie that the pit it has 333 levels, it's... Uh, 1998 meters 6 thou, or 600 or excuse me 6,6600 um, feet 
Damn. Oh, wow. Deep. <laughs> Including level zero and the final basement after level 33. A space, uh, a space in black about three levels height. That's a, com- that's a commitment to detail. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's for real. Uh, the last level is 333. According to numo- uh, numerology, 333 signifies answered prayers, a message from a guardian angel or an mm. ascended master. I was thinking about that right at the end of the, the episode because, you know, you have the Holy Trinity and all that. Right. But then double that, you have 666. Yeah. Gorn is is like a Christ figure in some respects. And Mah- Mahadu's child at the end, as the message, is considered the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm. The protagonist's name is Gorn. Gorn means fried in Indonesia slash Malay, giving uh, giving even further clues into where he is in hell. Oh, there it is. Damn. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. But definitely let us know what you think of the platform over on Twitter at nightlight underscore pod because this one... I definitely want to keep this conversation going because this is a wild one. Definitely let us know what you think because the next film and the last film that we are going to be covering is Guillermo del Toro's The Devil's Backbone. Very excited for this. Very excited. Cannot wait to revisit this one. One of my favorite ghost designs ever. Ooh, exciting. Ooh, ever. Watch this go. Same. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Um, but definitely let us know. We'll see you next week on that one because this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. And alongside me, we had David. Say spoopy, everyone. Always and forever. Also known as Nightly. Other in there, we have Freddy. Always keeping it spoopy. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Night. Our efforts to get the show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over on patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's night what they would. Buy a pledge on Patreon. You have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.